Suspense. We're live. Welcome in, everybody. It's Friday, a little bit after 11 a.m. Central. I haven't started these on time lately. I'm, I apologize for everybody who's been waiting. Really sorry. Thank you for your patience. But we're here now. Thank you so much. Friday Community Forum. We'll get together. Um, we get together every single Friday with my community. Uh, Bob, aka Borg Arm, aka Borg Hand, aka Richard. AKA not legal advice. We got Hans, we got Rodman, uh, our usual panelists. And uh, every single Friday we sit down and we talk about the world of Tesla, Elon Musk, technology, AI, all this crazy stuff that's happening in the world. Uh, this uh, Next week we have Investor Day coming up. So obviously that's going to be a huge part of our discussion. It's probably going to dominate the entire hour and a half. After the hour and a half is up, uh, we'll take this conversation to my, uh, to my private Discord and uh, our members only content we'll do a live stream just for members and we'll continue the discussion and talk about whatever my community wants to talk about as well so if you're interested in that consider joining right below this video and then half of the earnings of every single one of these panels goes to uh to my community pool and the community decides how to spend those earnings it could be a charity freaking buying starling for a bunch of people and and i don't know and in, in places that need them who knows what we're going to do but uh it's up to the community to decide uh how, how's everybody doing bob how you doing today I'm good. I'm going to quickly, can I quickly talk about what we yeah. talked about? Off, yeah. So yeah. I, I brought this up uh, probably about two months ago. There's a company called MMTLP. Uh, it is basically a stock that, or a security that was shorted. And since December 8th, everybody that was involved in that particular security is in limbo. So there's been no settlement. No, nobody has traded anything. Nobody has any value. And as a result, unfortunately, because of the stress caused by those events, there's been at least one suicide. People who have needed chemotherapy have been un unable to get it and other stories like that. It's a small company, 65,000 investors. But the issue, again, is illegal naked shorting. And even in Elon's trial, the last trial that happened in San Francisco, when they were discussing why the stock went down after he made the tweet, his response was short selling. And there is an enormous amount of illegal short selling as to MMTLP. It has personal, um, it's, it's a personal thing for me, but it affects every company. So you should be aware of the illegal short selling. And to the extent you have a congressman or somebody who is interested or on a finance committee, reach out to them because it really doesn't impact the individual retail investor. And it impacts all of us at Tesla. All the retail investors at Tesla. So, anyway, that's my uh, little spiel. Where can people find more information about this? Is there a YouTube channel that people can go to? Well, they can come to my YouTube ch channel, but if they just, uh, uh, which is not legal advice, K N O T, but also if they just kind of um, Google MMTLP and or they go on to YouTube and they do MMTLP, there'll be a load of uh, videos dealing with it and explaining illegal short selling and it's a good topic for everybody to become conversant on because it impacts everybody and the regulators unfortunately do not do an adequate job supervising uh this particular area of the law and of business yeah thank you for for saying that richard i agree i and i'm glad somebody's out there that understands the space and is willing to take up the fight so thank you and everybody that's part of that uh movement hans rodman how you guys doing man you guys good Chilling. Who's going to go first? Da -da -da. We're good. Okay. Just excited for next week. I'll be yeah, out there. Much so. Looking forward to seeing you guys. 
Yeah, man. For anyone out uh, there uh, in Austin, head out to Clive Bar. Uh, Hans and I will be there. We'll try to get some time with Farzad. So yeah, yeah dude, I'm gonna throw you guys up on a panel with me. You guys up for that? You have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. Okay, perfect, awesome. We'll as do long it as it's not panel. the big panel. I, it won't be the big. It'll be like one of the one of the ones before. We'll we'll figure it out. I'm still trying to figure out the logistics. But yeah, if you are in in town in Austin next week, uh, I'll be hosting a live panel at Clive Bar off of uh, Rainy Street in downtown Austin. We'll be live streaming it as well here. And our panelists are Dave Lee, Rob Mauer, Dan Ives, Pierre Farragut, Sandy Monroe, and uh, Sam. Uh, I, I blanking on his last name. I'm sorry, Sam from Ark Invest. So it's going to be a very diverse awesome uh, group of people it's going to be super super exciting i think um, it's chorus sam chorus yes same cor- sam chorus thank you very much and, um and Bob, by the way I, I believe and i i'm not speaking out of turn here but i think rodman has an extra bedroom if anybody needs it okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he does he we, we found that on private discord it was awesome uh, okay, let's go ahead and pull up the tweet that Hans just shared in the private chat, Producer Wife. Producer Wife, obviously, uh, uh, she's really the, the reason why this show even exists in the first place. Does amazing work in the background for us. Thank you so much. Uh, go ahead and pull up uh, Hans's tweet in the private chat so we can look at it together. Investor Day. This is really the big, big thing that's happening um, in, in the world of Tesla. In the that Elon Musk reply at the bottom there, EV1, which was uh, for those that are I think familiar to the with the uh, Tesla story, EV1 is like the uh, what is that the GM car right the GM EV that uh, they manufactured back in the day and they crushed because of uh, <laughs> regulations or something crazy happened. Uh, that Who killed the electric car covers the story really well. I think it's on Netflix. The T0 is the uh, uh, the original concept car that where the original roaster was based on uh, at Tesla, I believe, if I, I think I'm right, if I'm wrong, correct me. Uh, I think I'm right. Hans is nodding. Yes. Uh, the roadster was Tesla's first uh, real electric car that was based on the Lotus. Uh, S3XY stands for the Model S, Model 3, Model X, Model Y, obviously. Then we had the semi, which uh, was just announced. We have the Cybertruck coming out uh, here, hopefully later this year. And then we have dot, 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 dot. So maybe we'll kick this off as a, as a conversation starter. Is this a clue for what we're going to see at Investor Day? How do you guys interpret this tweet? Who wants to go first? I'll go. go ahead, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's just been so much uh, hinting e- either through from Elon. Um, I don't know if you, if you looked at the video from... Uh, Tesla about the HQ, the California R&D HQ. There's pictures there of like the drawings. Um, uh, Rob Maurer kind of did some stuff like uh, taking those pictures and like putting them up and like Photoshopping them so that the perspective is correct. And I'm sure other people have done it too. Um, So yeah, we're just seeing more and more evidence of everything going back to that concept car of a, like a hatchback Tesla. And I mean, there's, yeah, I think, I think he's been holding his tongue for long enough uh, in the investor calls and stuff that it seems like that. I think there's like at least an 80, 90% chance that something like that shows up full car. You th- So you think, wow. So you're, you're like saying there's a significant chance. It's mo- way more likely than not that he'll show the full compact car at investor day. I think so. I think he's just been sitting on his, like he's been, 
just all the things that he said, like, um, he was like, I could tell you about this, but like, it's going to be, uh, it, it's going to be breaking the story too soon. Right. So um, you're on the hype train. He's, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> been, he's been, he's been biting his tongue and you know, he wants to tell, talk about it, but like, he's kind of reined it in, kept his cards close to his chest, which is very un Elon. Um, I think it's just not in his nature to do that. He just wants to share like what he has, but like he knows that it's best not to. So I think it's been really hard for him, but I think he's been letting out little things like this. And yeah, I just, I don't see how it doesn't come out, but I mean, there's a chance that it doesn't show up. So. Okay. Hans. Yeah. I think that at the very least, this is kind of the community consensus that we're going to get a preview of a lot of the, subcomponents of the platform. Um, but I'm actually kind of on the same wavelength with Rodman. I've been thinking about this today, just going through everyone's expectations over the past week and then thinking like reading the direct source material, thinking about Elon. And I just remember like the model three was announced a long time before it came out and there was no worry about it cannibalizing model S and we're really talking about a form factor that is differentiated significantly from S3, X, and Y. And so I definitely think there's a significant chance. I don't know. I would say probably 65, 35 in favor that we actually see at least one full vehicle. Now, obviously, it's going to be a platform and there will be multiple variations, um, but we see one specific vehicle and it may be I th would put my money on a robo taxi form factor personally that would not necessarily like then we'll have to infer, OK, what does that look like for one that you can buy and purchase as a normal consumer vehicle? Um, but that's yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with. Okay. Gen three for Wednesday. Bob, where are you at? Yeah, so the in that tweet there was three dots after Cybertruck. So that suggests there's something after Cybertruck. <laughs> um, nice. And there that that was my lawyer mind there. And <laughs> uh uh but not all those products exist. So right, because Roadster's not sold and Cybertruck's not sold really at, as of this point in time. So it could just mean a product conceptually, but I would expect them to announce a, a, a product in the compact uh, class, but it, not to be made for at least two years. So they could figure out over the next year how to remarket and brand the three so that when they bring out the compact, they can have both of them selling and not cannibalizing each other. And there's got to be enough of a differentiation and price between the two to make sense. So if the three is 30, then the the two Q might be 20, you know, just mm. throwing it out. I think they will show the platform though. I think they'll show the new platform. I think they'll discuss the new vehicle, but I don't think they will show it because they'll be concerned that even if they say it's two years out, that that will change people's minds and they'll stop, they'll pull back on buying threes. Okay. What if? Uh, go ahead, Ramen. Actually, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just. I just want to contextualize it this, and then send it back to you. So, like, let's think back into like 
master plan part three. And I think there's almost a 99% chance. I mean, I think it's almost a hundred percent chance that he talks about that. I mean, that's the whole point of this thing. And he said it. Um, so if we don't get master plan part three, I think like the whole thing is up in smoke, but, uh, or we just don't know what's going to happen, but let's assume we get master plan part three. And then that talks about getting us to 20, 20 million vehicles or something like that. Right. Um, so we need some kind of context for how to get from here to uh, to 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 that to that step. So yeah, um, you need some kind of car just to get from where we are now to that next step. So that's what I'm thinking. Okay. So meaning meaning that if you're gonna if you're gonna unveil, hey, this is what we're working on on the production side. And you're trying to move the advent of sustainable transport. Great. So, so how are you going to sell those things? Like, what are you going to put those batteries in? Right. I think right. that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. The the point that Bob brought up, I'm going to call you, literally going to call you Bob from now on because the Richard is nowhere in your handle. So I'm just going to call you Bob. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the um, the I do believe it seems like the Highland project for the Model Three, depending on when that launches, I believe that's going to create really good differentiation between the three and the why and this compact car by by probably lowering the cost to produce the model three by a couple grand maybe a little bit more where and then fine-tuning that platform i believe that's say more uh performance oriented and more uh handling and just a little bit more uh, i don't know enthusiast enthusiast driven versus a model y which is much more utility family space uh, you know, like a typical SUV sort of thing, at least uh, in the states, the way we think about it. And the Highland's going to, and it's going to allow Tesla to achieve that. And so, for the for this new compact car to truly have differentiation, in the same way the Model Three didn't really cannibalize S too badly, it did some, but not too much. What was that? The there was a clear diff, <laughs> at the very beginning there wasn't really like the Tesla had to iterate on the S to make it. Uh, people want to go up the ladder and purchase the S because the three was just such a game changing vehicle when it came out. But the two has to, or the, the two or the Q, whatever has to be so different from the three in the standpoint of utility performance form factor uh, that if they were to announce it, say next week and they don't launch it for two years, uh, like, like that's the only way they can do that without hurting the model three or the model Y it has to be a com like completely and utterly different. Otherwise there's literally no point to buy a model three, in my opinion, you know, the model three is a, is a great car, but if folks are buying the model three, like in my head, wh why did my, why would my dad buy a model three, a, a diehard Volkswagen Jetta TDI diesel loving person used cars only you know he beat i think he had a honda accord i forget what he had he drove into he had three hundred and eighty thousand miles or something and he's like this is the best car i ever had my mom is like why are you driving in this freaking death trap all the time right so that's the kind of mentality my dad has but he 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 decided to buy a model three because it would save him a lot of money on his freaking two and a half hour commute he has every single day to work so that's the thought process. But if the if the compact car achieves that and he gets all the bells and whistles he's looking for as a purchaser, which is lower costs, comfortable chair, comfortable seat, and just get me there safely. Okay. So my, what's the purpose of the Model 3? So so if we get the Highland at Investor Day, I believe we'll get the compact car. If we don't get Highland at Investor Day, I don't think we get the compact car. That's the way I think about it. Uh, am, I, am I wrong in thinking about it that way? Well, 
there are people talking about um I think it was kilowatts who or um I forget who it was on Twitter, but they they were saying that there's a source that within Tesla that's saying um basically if you think of Highland uh Project Highland as the Model 3 with hardware 4 and the new cameras if there are new cameras that would be coming out first for Cybertruck and then later for the S and X and then later for 3 and Y, but all by the end of the year. So if that's correct, then we know at least that part of Project Thailand is in place, but we just don't know about like castings or like other updates. Okay. But to go to back to your point between the 3 and the and the whatever's next, the Gen 3 platform, um, I think it's it's really about like the size of the car, right? So if you're thinking of a compact versus a full sedan, um, you just get a lot more storage. You get a lot more, like the Model 3 just has so much space in that trunk. Like even it's less compared to the Y, of course, but like it's pretty deep, right? Because there's just a lot, you can fit a lot of luggage back there. Um, I just don't think you'll be able to get that much behind there for like a whatever that next gen car is. Okay. Who wants to go next? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I was thinking as you were talking, I, I kind of think of it as the difference between the Corolla and the Camry. I think there's got to be that big a distinction, two different cars. And I think that that's how I was thinking. And I was also thinking somewhat maybe between the three series and the five series and the BMW, uh, maybe. But I think also part of Project Highland is kind of fancying up the interior. It's kind of a redo of the interior. So that would go along with that refresh to set it apart from the the new compact, I think. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah, it, it's like it's, it's an actual refresh in the same way the SNDX had the plaid, sort of this plaid refresh where the interior was different and they you know they made the 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 curves and the and the lines sharper and more modern. Like the three would get something. I would 100 percent agree with that. Uh, Hans, where's your head at with this discussion? Yeah, I pretty much would echo all the points that were made. I think I agree with all okay. of that. So, and you you're thinking 65 percent compact car gets shown at this at this event. Um, what if you know the one thing that the one tweet that Elon had around um, how the and see producer wife if you can find this on Elon's uh, feed the. Um, it was around investor day being about not just your typical investor, but people that want to invest uh, in earth, right? Like people that are really want to invest in the future of mankind. Uh, the limiting factor did a video earlier this morning, which was phenomenal. If you, if you guys don't follow the limiting factor, Jordan Gisigi, go check out his video. He previews uh, master plan part three. And a lot of it was sort of focused around this, um, this, uh, it's like it's it's all about scale. It truly is all about scale. But then there was a nugget about how can we get other people to invest in this future with Tesla or be part of that future with Tesla to better humanity uh, from this standpoint of technology. And I wonder if I wonder if this sort of Gen 3 platform is sort of like how Jordan talked about the factory is going to be part of like selling the factory, making it into a product. And having other people buying gigafactors and that's what's how they're going to invest in the future i wonder how much of the gen 3 platform is okay so we're tesla we're going to just dump a bunch of incredibly uh uh price uh, like price to like a very um 
great batteries and great drivetrains to the market. We're going to manufacture some cars with those, but we're just going to flood the market with batteries and drivetrains. And then if you're an automaker, you are free to purchase these from us and just plop a body on it and drive it off the lot. And that's how you can be part of this future. You invest in the Tesla technology. You invest in what it means to have a Gen 3 platform. You'll get access to the supercharging network without having to even think about it. You'll get the best uh, dollar per kilowatt hour performance on the battery. You'll get our state-of-the-art drivetrain, which is the most efficient on the market. And, and you'll tap into our supply chain because we have the largest and most comprehensive supply chain with the best costs. Do you think that's part of this? Like, how do you guys think about that in, in within the context of Master Plan Part Three? That it's much less about it's much it's much less about Tesla building the compact car and more about Tesla uh, actually becoming that what some theorized be the supplier of batteries and drivetrains for the entire auto market, which will allow to you know they will specialize in that and let other people do the manufacturing of the vehicles. Is that too far fetched? How do you guys think about that? I mean, what you're discussing is basically them becoming a tier one supplier. Um, and there is some potential there, obviously. the They would have to have enough battery. Like if you're talking about making batteries part of what's available, they would have to have enough supply to more than meet their own demand, which I feel like is unlikely. Powertrain elements are a different story. I think one of the biggest things that they could do to actually help the auto industry that as far as I know they haven't done yet is to release their patent on the alloy that they use to do the gigacastings on um, because that alloy is a very specific alloy that makes that whole process possible. Um, it's really kind of black magic. Like a lot of, I know I've said this before on the channel, but a lot of innovations are dependent on material science and, uh, that's a big one there. And so if they allow other manufacturers to use those and someone like Idra or some competitors to Idra can come up that can supply casting machines, um, and then have the ability to use that alloy, that would be a major tailwind to the auto industry if people will adopt it. Um, and the other thing that I think about is just how vertically integrated Tesla is from a, like an engineering design standpoint. They don't have, you know, we've seen this on all the Sandy Monroe teardowns that there's not, okay, y'all are in charge of cooling. Y'all are in charge of drivetrain and then Seems you get in and you tear the car apart and you can see like the organizational units that, well, they just bought parts off of a tier one catalog and figured out how to put them all together. And then they got this much space, you know, that way of doing business in the auto industry is not going to be competitive moving forward. Um, and so I don't know. Like the most valuable part of what Tesla is doing in their vehicles is almost the vertically integrated engineering design behind the vehicles. Um, but their engineering resources are very precious to them. So it's like they could, on one hand, it would be a huge help if they could teach other automakers how to design that way. But on the other hand, they're never going to waste their engineers on teaching other people how to do that. So 
I don't know. It's it's definitely a tough situation if you're trying to be competitive in the automotive industry over the next 10, 20 years. Yeah. Thoughts? I'll go. Yeah, so this is all about mass numbers, right? So mass, I mean, to me, a way of accomplishing that would be to sell the technology, license the technology, and uh, make a royalty on each, you know, each vehicle. Um, but it would give you, a, I think it would give you something else on top of that, besides expanding, basically converting the market. So ICE ceases to exist. Um, if, in essence, you're helping the marketplace grow to your disadvantage, theoretically, in terms of market share, which you would, it probably would let you get regulatory approval for FSD. There would be some trade-off in there. You're going to give up market share, and in return, you're going to get the favor of get, mm -hmm. having the regulators let you get F FSD approved. So I think there's a way that you might be able to uh, get margins out of that and still be more profitable. Um, but I think it's more that you're selling the technology than the product, it, the way I looked at it. But on top of that, I think, this is kind of getting back to investor day, I think the power side is going to be the, the non-car side is going to be really what's going to be pushed because ultimately the lack of power in the world is the number one problem currently. And if Tesla somehow has a plan for mass producing mega packs, solar tiles, all those things, I think that really goes forward in terms of uh, accomplishing the, the goal of mass produ production of those kind of uh, items and of the shift in energy. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Investor Day focuses a lot on the mass production of non-car energy related products. Interesting. Yeah. If uh, we read Elon's tweet from February 13th, uh, uh, sort of alluding to what's going to be at Investor Day, looking forward to Tesla Investor Day on March 1st. By this, we mean the broadest definition of investor as in the people and life of Earth. It will be a message of good hope and positivity for the future. I think getting to the point where you have a lot of energy storage and solar panels and all, and all these things to be part of that master plan. I think, so how does that align with good hope and positivity for the future? It means that every single person, theoretically, if it's cheap enough, would be able to generate their own energy, especially, which, which is absolutely game-changing, not in obviously the, the developed world, but in developing nations as well. Because then they're, sort of that's what I'm alluding to in, in the to my reply to his tweet. Uh, how I'm asking him if he would be, uh, you know, touching on how Tesla could start becoming a big player in developing nations because, you know, you could utilize this growth in energy to help a lot of these nations completely bypass the uh, electric grid and just generate self-generate electricity. And then Hans replied to that as well, uh, sort of alluding to Starlink. Don't forget Starlink for rural telco backbone. Yeah, you know, you know it's not just a problem in the develop in the you know the third world. It's, it's a problem in our world. I mean, how many 100%. times have we heard like the grid goes down and, you know, Bro, I, Texas is 2023 yeah, we lose power here. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous in a theoretically in a first world country that yeah. the grid doesn't support. And, you know, obviously we'd be benefited as much as anybody else. Yeah. Hans or Rodman? Any thoughts there? No? Okay. Um, 
Yeah, man, I really hope they show that compact car now. <laughs> I was, I was really, you know, I, I, the, and I, this is what always happens to me. This is what always happens to me. I'm always, you know, weeks out. I'm like temper the expectations. They're not going to show anything, blah, blah, blah. And then freaking Elon starts tweeting about certain clues. And I'm like, and I, and I, in my head, I don't even know if they're actually clues, but I just, I'm like, yeah, it's a clue. You know, and then you have Rob Mauer doing the work of uh, piecing all these things together. Then you got Elon with the dot, dot, dot. I'm like this. They just know how to freaking build hype around these things. But I, I think ultimately, so my question would be, what would make you happy? Right. So we'll go around the panel, and ask sort of the question, what would, what would make you happy if uh, as a Tesla investor, if you saw this at, or these things at the meeting? And for me, what would make me really happy is uh, an understanding of uh, where Cybertruck's production is like part of me hopes that we get the uh, the the stats for the Cybertruck and maybe uh, if if production is ready for July like say the first deliveries in my heart of heart says it's on July 4th 2023 on Independence Day you unveil the Cybertruck the most American made car ever you know it's a pickup truck right in the heart of Texas come on come on guys like this is incredible if you're able to do that so that's first Second is some sort of platform at all that helps us understand how to how to think about the volumes for the next few years for the Gen uh, 3 platform so that we can start to model, okay, how likely is the 20 million cars per year by 2030? What are your biggest limiting factors, shout out Jordan Gisigi, in getting there? You know, what are the things that are really going to be difficult to tackle? Uh, if it's lithium, are you working on alleviating that lithium uh, shortage or any sort of anode shortage uh, is a 20 million car per year in 2023 a 10% likelihood a 50% likelihood like help us understand that a little bit better uh, and then third uh, Tesla energy like to Bob's point if we can get some concrete understanding on um, what this ramp is going to look like and what costs are associated with that ramp and what their expected margins are going to be if it's going to be more profitable than the car they'll definitely sandbag this for sure if i was them i wouldn't give any of this information away to be completely honest but it would make me really happy to hear it um so those are the things that i'm, I'm looking for but of course you know if freaking uh uh the tesla bot comes out and walking around that's i'm going to be like oh my god i'm going to be running around like a schoolgirl, like screaming you know like, oh my god they figured it out you know <laughs> so uh, let's go around the horn. Let's do uh, let's do uh, Bob Hans Rodman. Bob, you go first. All right. So for me, I'd want to hear them discuss the platform. I actually want to show. I want to see the platform, the new platform. I want them to discuss the compact. Uh, I want them to show drawings of the compact, and then I want to I want to see them roll out the prototype, kind of surprisingly, and then say that this is at least two years out, but kind of. Here we are, and this is what we're going to do. I want them to discuss their plan for the mass production of uh, mega packs, et cetera, worldwide. Um, and that's sufficient for me. Now, one thing about cyber, this is kind of like a, a side issue, but it related to the prototype. I saw somewhere, somebody was talking about, I, I think everybody saw the picture of that Cybertruck prototype in uh, Palo Alto that couldn't get up on the curb. So they kind of had to push it up on the curb. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> yeah, it, was saw that it was a video. So were that they pushing it? Yeah, they were pushing it because they were concerned about maybe it botting them out, out or something. Okay. And apparently that prototype, somebody said that one prototype cost like $20 million. That that particular all yeah, in. Yeah, that makes sense. All in. So, um, but the person commented that 
because of the state of the prototype, they were they suspected that the delivery date was not in 2023. So I thought that was an interesting comment because we all are expecting it sometime in 2023. Elon uh, kind of was a little reserved about numbers. So he suggested mass volumes, not to 2024. But it was interesting comment based upon somebody looking at that prototype and making a conclusion. I had no idea other than that it was interesting that it cost $20 million. Okay. Hans? Yeah, there's um, a number of things that I'm going to be watching for. I don't necessarily expect all of these things. Um, and I think it's maybe important to note that my sense from Elon is that his intended audience really is a much more general audience. It's not really for us Tesla nerds as much, um, although there will be plenty of stuff for us to dig into and dissect and pontificate about. Um, but yeah, I don't think we're really the primary intended audience. That said, things that I'm looking for, I really want to know what the plan is for lithium supply, as much detail as they'll give us. That's number one. Um, I really want to know more about 4680 ramp progress and guidance on that. Um, I would, yeah, love Cybertruck delivery date and then also guidance on their expectation for 2023, 2024. Um, yeah, I want to see Tesla Energy. Uh, I'd love to see guidance on deliveries and guidance on margins. Um I'm very curious to see what their tone is in discussing FSD and robo taxis. I think this is going to be a big one because as we're thinking about scaling to sustainable energy future, obviously the ability to count on robo taxis to have a much higher utilization is a big component in that. So the more robo taxis that we have driving more miles, the less units that we need, the less battery materials we need to mine. Um, and so I'm very curious to see what they come up with on that front. Going back to battery day, they certain their expectations for battery supply going out to 2030 basically assumed no robo taxi contribution. Like it was just number of cars sold in 2018 or 2019 say you know tesla gets 20 percent of that and then the rest of the auto industry is able to supply the other 80 percent so that's yeah assuming a normal number of units of vehicles sold um so they may not say anything regarded or regarding their anticipation of robo taxi being able to reduce that um just based on historical comments and then yeah i'm very curious to see anything on tesla bot but yeah, those are, I think those are the things that are all the most critical components of the Tesla story and that have the longest term impact. Okay. Ronan? Well, I've had the most time to think through the whole thing, so uh, I have to give you a good, good answer. Good. <laughs> it better be good. So if I'm Tesla, I think it starts, like the best way to like present all this information is start with the big long-term picture and then work your way towards the present. And then that's the more exciting stuff that people are really looking forward to. Like, you know, like maybe like we've got new cars coming in. So they'll probably save that stuff towards the end. 
And then that'll be the big wow factor. So in the long term, I'm definitely looking for that path to 20 million vehicles. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of has to do with the battery supply, getting the whole supply chain, like Hans talked about. Um, uh, I really want to see, you know, what what the new factories are like is mexico coming is canada coming uh mm-hmm. is indonesia coming what else they're doing in uh austin there's a lot of work going on at austin i think there's some i haven't been following berlin as much but um there's there's just so much land left i want to see what they do with all that stuff and what their plans are if they can tell us more about that um and even explain what what the current things they're doing are and just give us like confirmation. Um, I want to see, yeah, I just want to really understand like what it is that's going to get us from where we are today to like 3 million vehicles to 5 million vehicles and then 10 and then 20. Um, and you know, the more they can paint like that picture of what, how we get from here to there, you know, it doesn't have to be, with perfect clarity i mean there's no way it can be with perfect clarity but like just seeing that uh would be great um and then yeah towards the more near term like what it is with what's going on with cybertruck what's going on with um with highland what's going on with the next gen platform uh robotaxi uh what they see kind of as the next steps from fsd to getting uh, to robotaxis, that's kind of more of a AI day kind of thing. But sometimes they do cover some of this stuff, you know, even if it's not in full. Um, and this is all, f- I think I kind of a little bit disagree with Hans that it's for a different audience. I think it is mostly just, it's an investor day. So I think, you know, him, them geeking out a little bit on like margins and like how they're going to make everything profitable and how they're going to continue like uh, the operating leverage and uh, things like that. Um, com- continuing to tell that story, at least, uh, I think that's that's kind of also stuff that I would be looking for. But yeah, the most exciting thing I think would be something to do, like, you know, just having like a more updated version of, of Optimus or just maybe some updates about that would be like really amazing. So that would really get me excited. Okay. And then th- there's one more thing is that he said that he was going to bring in other stuff from master SpaceX plan. Part three is supposed to bring in stuff from SpaceX um, yeah. and, and boring company and all the other companies. So if he talks about Twitter as well, like how that integrates or some of the plans that might be really interesting, but yeah. SpaceX has a lot of stuff coming up. So yeah, this little can, thing right here. <laughs> nice. Can I give you my speculation on those two? Yeah. And then uh, we can go around and uh, sort of get uh, ideas. Yeah, the, the, and Jordan highlighted this on his video t- uh, today as well on, on the limiting factor. I mean, the boring company one has to be mining, right? <laughs> it has to be. Hans says no. Bob says yes. Raman's like, uh, it has to be, my, in my opinion. I just don't know what other use case there would be, but I would love to hear. Or, or okay, it, it would have to be mining or I, I just think it's mining. Anyway, I'm just going to stick to that and we'll turn to discussion. Um we got Solar Tile 4.0 from Grace as well. They're thinking about uh, what Chad is looking for. Let us know what you're looking for as well, by the way. Uh, you know, Don't let us just have a monopolized discussion. <laughs> and, and I know that in the chat, we always have amazing conversations. So if you you know, definitely uh, throw out around some ideas on what you like, what you would love to see from Tesla. 
And then the SpaceX one, I, I wonder how much of it is just transporting raw materials from one place to another uh, as quickly as humanly possible. It might be very expensive, but I'm curious to see if we get some unit economics from Tesla on how to do that. Tesla buys Twitter from Elon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to, oh my, you think Ross Gerber is mad now? <laughs> <laughs> if no new model, the stock will tank. I don't know about that. I'm not, I'm not so sold on, on, sold on that. I'm curious to hear y'all, y'all's opinion on that. We got uh, Elon's Musk burnt hair 2.0. That's what they should have totally uh, uh, named that cologne for sure from Hadouken. A boring company would be about getting people to drive underground and with EVs to give land back rather than have massive highways above the ground. Yep, that's that's one very reasonable one that makes a lot more sense than mine, for sure. Uh, Mark, new lithium refining tech patents. Nice. I think Hans lightly alluded to this when he was talking about raw materials. Uh, Twitzla. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> uh, what else, do we have any other ones? Let's see. Uh, yeah, we already, we already saw that one from Mark. Okay. Um, any any thoughts? Uh, any rebuttals around? I'd love to see any progress on Tesla bot. Yeah. If it's walking around, I think that would be so sick. If it's like serving drinks, right? Uh, LFP factory, ASAP, maybe Mexico. Yeah, that's another good one. I was going to say, you know, that was an interesting because we did it. We announced last week at uh, some time during a community forum, the Mexican factory. Yeah. And so as of now, it's not been confirmed, correct, even though everybody thinks it is. But that's Correct. interesting kind of as a, uh, just a kind of as a example of how we get news and we think it's confirmed and a week later it's still kind of open. So it, it, it makes you want to be uh, skeptical and cautious when you get information to make sure it's accurate because it may be accurate. It just hasn't been immediate, I would say. Anyway, that struck me as interesting. Um, yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. I still I still feel like the Mexico announcement is. I mean, there's so much smoke around that story. It's it's if it doesn't get announced at at investor day, I'm going to be shocked. To be completely honest, if Mexico doesn't get announced, I might be wrong. But um, Hans, I was seeing I was seeing you shake your head around boring company uh, for mining. Yeah, I think the primary use for boring company is just to um, you know taking the travel network from 2D to 3D. The initial goal of boring company is definitely going to be a portion of master plan part three and how to get to an overall sustainable energy future. Uh, especially if you marry that with hyperloop concepts, if you can evacuate air from that tunnel, um, then you can drive a lot faster. If you can travel at faster rates of speed directly from point to point, you might actually be able to, you know, you marry that with robo taxis and you might actually be able to reduce the total number of vehicles necessary on roads. So, or okay. in tunnels. Fair enough. Bob Rodman, any thoughts? I just don't have enough uh, understanding of how mining is done, but that having a boring drill does not seem to me to be the way to get at materials. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not, that's not my wheelhouse. So <clears throat> I would say consistent with what every, everything else they've done is if they can't get it from somebody else or they can't get it efficiently from somebody else, they'll do it themselves, whether they like it or not, they just will do it. Yeah. That, that's also a good point is that even if boring company is not whatever they've built currently, those, the boring vehicles, uh, the boring machines, if they may not be immediately applicable to some other mining, but maybe that gives them 
some of that technology carries over in some way. I'm not sure. And I, I believe it would be much better if the boring company built more exciting equipment. <laughs> Come on, boring company, get your marketing right. Jeez. Um, we have a poll that we've been running. Uh, producer wife, let's go ahead and end that poll and post it here shortly. Uh, any other thoughts around investor day that we want to hit? What else do we want to talk about? I will just take the other side of my argument for a second on the boring company and say, I, if Tesla really does have something around direct lithium extraction from clays, I could see, cause you know, Elon said that it'd be the kind of thing where you take the dirt out, you put salt in it you mix it up with water and then you put the dirt right back where it went. I could see boring tunnel equipment being part of the you know, of that process of basically busting up the clay, putting it because they've got to get it out of their way as they make the tunnel and then, but potentially even be able to feel back in behind them. So um, yeah, there's definitely a potential use for the boring company in mining. In my mind, I just don't see it as primary. Okay. That's fair. I was going to say also, I think there's one other thing they're going to talk about. At least I hope they talk about it. I know you Texans don't like to hear this, but moving the, it's, and it's, I'm going to, it's the second part of it that I think nobody's talked about. Moving the engineering headquarters back to Palo Alto, besides the fact I like it because it's California, I think it's a, a brilliant uh, political move, strategic mm -hmm. move. I think it keeps everybody leveraged, every state leveraged. I think it's great. I mean, really, I think it's really a thoughtful, good strategy. They're, I guess they picked up 325,000 square feet of space. It was HP's uh, former world headquarters. Um, but the part that I, that I haven't heard anybody else mention was it's also going to be their AI headquarters. And so, and, and partly because of that, there's a lot of uh, university power right there. Um, but that's going to be a big deal. And I wouldn't be surprised during investor day that when he talks about AI and Tesla bot, that he also refers to the new headquarters and the new programs they might be running out of there. Got it. That that's actually a great point. I, I do think I actually had a tweet. Um, I, <laughs> we were talking about I was baiting Elon into political tweets. I swear to God, I wasn't trying to. He just happened to reply. He replies to my tweets sometimes. I don't know. We're friends. I don't can know what to tell you. We're not. But uh, so producer wife, go ahead and pull up that tweet when you get a chance. I think I think the. Um, the the recent happenings so since since the Twitter acquisition there the, you know there was a lot of like uh, let's just say uh, noise <laughs> that's probably the 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 mildest way to put it around some of the rhetoric that Elon had but it was it was sort of catering to one it seemed like it was being catering to or it just the perception was that it was towards one side of the aisle and now with uh, the sort of the Biden administration coming out in support of the supercharging network. You have some very clear uh, uh, friendship or, or some sort of working together with Gavin Newsom, who's uh, one of the most left, one of the leaders of that other side of the political party. Elon is playing, I say playing both sides, but I don't really mean it in a malicious way. I mean it like he's he's working with both sides, you know? And it's it's very fascinating seeing that happen. And I wonder... Uh, to your point, Bob, how much of this is going to be just a, such a strength coming into the towards the end of the decade when you really have you're working with everybody that's going to that where you're going to have mutual benefits, right? 
because you think about Elon's enterprises, uh, they are very fascinating in the in the standpoint that they're obviously great job builders. They they are great. They have a great message around the future of technology. Um, and then with him having Twitter, it's also like you have this additional layer of uh, what a lot of people on a certain part of the political aisle really, really like, like are, are always like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So here's my tweet. Might be too early in saying this, but it really does seem like Elon Musk is playing both sides of the political aisle really well as of late. Right wing rhetoric with freedom of speech and Twitter left wing uh, with supercharger network for EVs and Cali HQ. Interesting. Uh, that was just some commentary. And then Elon replied, crazy theory. Maybe I'm just a centrist. Also, when did free speech become right wing? That was the weirdest switcheroo ever. And then my reply to him, which it was just very sarcastic, but a lot of people took it very literally. Impossible. There's only two sides of the political spectrum. 50% of America doesn't exist. Okay. But that was sort of my commentary around, hey, like, you're right. There is there is some centrist stuff in here. And it's great to see somebody in his position to, to really come out and, and have that sort of partnership with both sides. I just find it to be really, it seems like he he he's very well aware of how much change he can create by by having those partnerships and obviously a very savvy businessman would do that so how do you guys think about that the, this whole thing sort of going through and what bob talked about any thoughts i think to reference your nice little background there that it touches on tim's recent book what's our problem and i think elon is much more of a high-rung political thinker than necessarily a centrist um i, I love the way that Tim added the high rung versus low rung thinking access to the political spectrum. Um, and so, yeah, I think really anyone, almost anyone who is a high rung thinker who is able to like basically cherry pick, like I think that the right is correct on issue A, B, and C. I think the left is correct on issue X, Y, Z. Like, we call that person a centrist today, but it just means that they don't buy into the full rhetoric of red versus blue that they allow for there to be some nuance. Um, and so I see that much more as being what Elon is than necessarily a centrist. Um, and I love that. I love that he's promoting that on Twitter. And I think that Twitter is in his mind supposed to be the place where that type of high rung thinking is at least possible. It's not that there won't be low rung thinking on Twitter because there's going to be tons of it, but that doesn't mean that the low rung thinking is allowed to crowd out all of the high rung thinking. Um, and so, you know, I'm excited to see that future. And I have been wondering how much influence Elon has had on Tim's thoughts on the subject and vice versa. I wonder, versa. you know, if they, have been in continued conversations since uh, Tim wrote the Elon Musk series back in 2016. Cause you know, this book he started writing basically on the heels. There was not very much in between the end of his Elon Musk posts and the beginning of this book. That's a great point. Uh, Bob, go ahead. And then Rodman. Yeah. I, I think it's great. Cause kind of what we talk about on this, in this forum is civility and, He's basically you shut your mouth right now. Exactly. <laughs> but he's also basically demonstrating, well, how should the uh, how should Congress act? You don't have to agree. You don't have to like each other, but get something done. Let's work together. And I think it's a great lesson 
especially for a guy who's theoretically so de divisive. The guy who's theoretically so divisive is showing guys in Washington how to do it. So I think it's uh, really profound and, uh, and really interesting, the kind of juxtaposition of, of them. And one further comment, uh, this has nothing to do with anything. Uh, but when you guys were talking about battery day, just so you know, in baseball, that's when the pitchers and catchers report. I don't get it. It's a true statement. I don't get it. In baseball spring training, the pitchers and catchers come before anybody else because it takes them longer to get ready. And that's the battery. Pitcher and catcher is called the battery. Oh, okay. I don't like baseball. Sorry, Ronan. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I saw the baseball coming and then <clears throat> I know Farzad only watches football. So, so like just to talk a little Not bit only. more about uh, the, what we're talking about with the, uh, I have, I have it on my phone, the, this book, but uh, the high rung versus low rung. I, if people don't really know what we're talking about, um, I don't know There's if that's gonna help. This ladder. I don't know if you can see, <laughs> but like this is the best picture I could come up with. But basically, all it's talking about is, like on high rung, you're you're really divorcing yourself from your ideas, and that's what we really have been pushing for in our Discord is that we're talking about things divorced from our our our, our own selves. We respect each other, but our our ideas are out there, and anyone's free to battle them. Um, and we don't try. We try to like. Um, not take our ideas personally when they're attacked, right? And then the low rung is when you're very fervent or zealot, like a zealot about your ideas, or you arrive at your idea first for like thinking it through. Um, and like the opposite of that is like a very scientific method where you're, um, where you come up with hypotheses and you're coming up with a lot of different ideas and then you're uh, trying to even tear down your own hypothesis and uh and we like getting that kind of respect um is, is actually pretty hard to do but when you build a culture around it um it, it becomes much easier and i guess that's the thing that we've seen a lot um we've even had people come through and like it was more like people are very tied to their ideas and it becomes very hard to uh i mean we're all we're all guilty of it um like you get very attached to your ideas and uh, you just won't back down when, when someone is trying to disprove your point or you start attacking them personally. Right. Um, so um, yeah, I think, I think Elon going back to Elon, he strikes me very much like from every interview I've read of him, I've watched of him and just like hearing him talk, he seems like if someone says that he's a very hands down leader it just doesn't make much sense to me because it seems like he's always trying to elicit ideas and figure out what works best and then eject anything that doesn't work very quickly right so it seems like the people who don't get along with him are the people who are very personally attached to their ideas and if their idea gets rejected then they feel rejected but it shouldn't be that way right it should be you as a person are respected for your ideas but your ideas themselves are there's no limits right like we can attack your mm -hmm. ideas and without attacking you right so i think i feel like that's elon i mean at, at the highest yeah. level right i think i think what's interesting about what you just said is like a lot of this thing that's sort of we're getting some early signs of this uh um 
of this type of I don't know uh, a more a, a lot more visible at a much larger scale through Twitter of exactly what you just described, which is like let's see how we can build a place or a way for ideas to come forward at at, at, a, at, a, at a as quickly as possible with zero ego attached to it, so that we can analyze them and then throw out the bad ones, keep the good ones, and keep iterating, right? And that that is like exactly exactly how Elon Musk's companies work internally. And I can say this very accurately by working there. So it's like I can see so much that the parallels exist so much between what's the attempt that's what's what he's trying to do with Twitter, uh, with some of these removing these variables. But the problem is, is that um, when we've lived in a place where a lot of this uh I don't know what, what when there's been it's it's such human nature to be married to an idea. <laughs> I'm guilty of this all the time. It's so hard not to take it personal because you've invested so much time in building up that idea that once somebody says, nope, <laughs> that thing is wrong, you're like, Well, but I invested all this time into it. And what the hell? It like took a lot of effort. And you're here telling me you're I'm basically a dumbass for it. And that's that's the ego coming through and the emotion coming through and and, and identifying yourself with that idea. And that is so freaking hard to break out of. It's like almost impossible. Um also, but we'll see. It, we'll see if it's effective. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Um no. it also may be the no, case. I'm sorry. That, no, no, okay. Bob, sorry. Um, it also may be the case that people aren't like solidly behind an idea. And when somebody questions them, they actually get crushed and it's a depressing event. So it's hard if you're not really, it's like a stock too. I mean, I treat it like a stock. If I buy a stock and I'm buying because Hans told me to buy it and it drops 20%, I, you know, I'm south. But if I'm in, if I buy Tesla and I know it's gone, I don't care. Uh, it's not going to shake me. But I think a lot of people don't have that definitive base to support a lot of their views and they're relying upon what other, what other people say and they're, they're very, they can be easily uh, hurt, unfortunately. I think most people do, but we don't hear from them. That's the thing. We only, he we only hear from the ones that don't. I think a majority of them do, but it's just they're not part of the public discourse nearly as much as they should be, in my opinion. Yeah, go ahead, Hans. I'm evaluating your statement. I I think that there are things that a lot of people know about deeply, but I would say that, you know, on Twitter, what you see is people who have an opinion on everything. And there's no way that you can have an opinion on everything that you've gone that deep on. And so that means that you must have adopted all, you know, the majority of those opinions from someone else. It reminds me, you know, going back to Daniel Kahneman's thinking fast and slow that there's system one and system two and system one takes up a lot more energy. And like, that's what you're putting to work when you're really um, trying to develop a deep understanding of a topic. And then system two is just like the shortcut. Oh, I, you know, someone else that I trust for whatever reason, developed X opinion, they must be right. Um, here we go. Like a lot of the opinions that you see touted so often on social media are the system two opinions. Um, so that's, you know, that's always fun because those are the people that it's hardest to convince otherwise for a variety of reasons. Um, I would say the other thing about going back to the event uh, with Tesla and Elon Musk announcing that they're moving the engineering headquarters to the old HP address that I was pretty impressed um, by Gavin in that little short uh, snippet. And it seemed like he genuinely has 
you know, has personally supported Tesla and their mission um, and that he's excited about the continued growth of Tesla in California. And so, you know, that was cool to see. I think there's a lot of forces within the party that make it hard for him to express his genuine opinions. Um, so it was cool that this kind of gave him the opportunity to do that a little bit more that, you know, there needed to be some sort of an event where they could glad hand and Tesla was doing something that he could recognize was contributing to the economy of California so that he could share those opinions. But it, it did seem like those were genuine opinions that he's held for a significant portion of time. So, yeah, no, that's a great point. He's Fair also not universally loved in california just so you know there's a lot of people who don't think he's far left enough and there's a lot of people who place a, a lot of the the state's woes on him but i mean it's it's a big state there's a lot of problems i definitely imagine don't he, envy his job yeah it's not easy but imagine the impact if it would have been gm you know again we just kind of throw it out but it's a big deal and it kind of got lost i mean it was covered but if it was GM or Ford, their stock probably would have been up 5%. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really good point. Hans? Um, I think one of the challenges in California would be reflective of challenges that like an extremely, extremely red state would have. That when you've got single party control for such a long time, that it you really have to just placate these special interests that are probably a little bit too far in an extreme direction or a power direction like the teachers unions in California um, or various other special interest groups. And like you, there needs to be some tension between left and right that keeps the, those types of dynamics in check, which once again, goes right back to the book that you need more like, you need more of the high rung genie thinking that let's let's really come together and respect each other as people and have the ideas that we're all having duke it out and go with whatever ideas are best. Like right now, half of the ideas that it will take to make California an extremely great running state are off the table not even part of the conversation. And so that makes it difficult to really have a, a state that runs as optimally as it could. I mean, there's a lot of great things about California. Um, and, you know, I think there's a place also for states that are a lot more lopsided red versus blue in the union overall too. So, you know, it's kind of interesting how all of the, the country works as these different pockets. Um, but wow. yeah, I think that's one of the, one of the challenges definitely of being the governor of California is just dealing with all those dynamics. Yeah. I would just push back a little bit. That's like putting demo, like every, like it's a very blue state, but like, even can I say something can, oh, yeah, before we even do that, let's reserve that for the, for the private discord. Just, just cause the title says it Tesla is yeah. investor day preview. I love this. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We should continue yeah. this discussion, but let's, let's reserve it for that. I love it. And we'll, we'll we should, uh, yeah, I really wanted to continue the discussion, but we'll, let's do it later. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. I was going to say, I, far as out along in lines with this discussion, I think your ideas, ideas stink. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I am, 
I, I hate your idea, but I love you. <laughs> By the way, there's one thing I didn't know. You could buy, you could still buy, you could invest in SpaceX still. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, at a uh, minimum of $25,000 uh, investment. Okay. Free IPO. Yeah. They just, reduce it from, they just reduce it from 100000 Okay. Nice. Steal. That's a steal. <laughs> Not financial advice. Let's go ahead and uh, show the poll and uh, let's queue up some Q&A as well uh, so we can do some Q&A here for the last uh, 15, 20 minutes of the stream. So the poll question was, uh, will the Tesla compact car be unveiled at Tesla's Investor Day? 52% say yes, 47% say no. So it's actually quite split. And that's actually, I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised by that result. How, how do you guys think about that? There's a lot of uh, splitness here. Well, I guess the interpretation is if they say they there's going to compact car and they show drawings, is that unveiling it, or do they have to actually show actually physical? The, yeah, physical car. I would yeah. say at least they'll show drawings and talk about it. I don't know if they'll actually un unveil the prototype. Mm. I think if they show drawings, they show the real thing. I, I think it's either all or nothing as far as the car goes. The platform, I think, will be shown regardless. But the the if they're going to show the car what it looks like, the, they're going to bring it out. Um, Hans or Rodman, any thoughts around the poll results? Half of they you want to keep talking wrong. about politics. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. I do think it's, yeah. yeah, I'm surprised that so many people think that the car will be unveiled, which maybe makes me think it won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are right and wrong at the same time. Um, any what's what last topic do we want to hit before we hit Q and A? I I I have a couple, but I I, I want to defer to you guys. So I I'm gonna of course jump in. Uh, of course. I saw something about BYD. The numbers were fabricated. Do you see that? That they yeah two hundred thousand units. There was two hundred thousand units apparently that they sold to dealers at a discount, and they counted those as sold to customers. And it was 200,000. So it wasn't like an insignificant number of units. And I guess they were interviewing a dealer who had purchased a bunch of those units. I thought yeah. that was interesting because haven't heard anything about it after that. And it certainly sounds like uh, manipulation of their numbers. Dealer yeah. Stuffing. Yeah. I, I, my problem with that is that I have a hard time not believing anything, even the rumors <laughs> that's coming out of that, uh, unfortunately, because it's, it's been so unreliable. The the thing that really, I think if it really is that, if that really is a problem, we'll see that effect at some point, right? Because if there's really that low of a demand, they'll see a short-term increase in their sales. But at some point, even those dealer lots are going to get full unless they just keep building dealer lots until, you know, until they run out of room. So there'll just be a, a lag in the, in the sort of, lessening of the sales so and they, we'll they also can't they can't be making money on those either exactly so margins are going to be damaged yep yeah do, do you have a link for that with it <clears throat> it was on twitter okay um yeah it might be tough for me to find but uh, i'll try to find it some other time if somebody knows in the comments section what we're talking about there was a i believe it was a uh, it was from a Chinese dealer. Uh, the gentleman was speaking in Chinese, and there was like the caption something about two hundred thousand BYD cars offloaded to used dealer car dealer or something uh, along yeah. those lines. Luckily, I speak Mandarin fluently, so I understood it entirely in Chinese. Great. The other thing, one other thing was we talked about briefly off was Lucid because that's a theoretically yes. a competitor of Tesla that they uh, produced. Uh, you know, like four cars and they sold three. So that's good. 
what, what do you want to say that just that <laughs> yeah i i actually i covered them uh, on my video from yesterday about their earnings they they delivered 2000 cars in q4 roughly 1900 at an average selling price of 133,000 and it cost them uh, i think the number was i forget what it was but they lost $185,000 per cars uh sold uh, that's, a bad, that's a bad business model yeah i would not recommend selling your uh, vehicles at $185,000 loss not yeah if you lose more than what you charge for it not a not a good deal hans or rodman any any uh ideas or thoughts before we move on to q a is there anything you guys want to hit Hans is like nah what about you rodman uh yeah i'm good okay all right extended q a finally go ahead hans <laughs> I would say the the one thing I'll add here is that the best part of when producer wife, your producer wife brings up the Twitter comments is seeing her profile picture in the midst of all the ugly guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, let's do it. Q uh, and A. Let's bring up some questions. Uh, da -da -da -da. Who's the first one? Dun, dun, dun. Digital Blade. California. He's got a little symbol because he's a community member. Thank you so much for supporting the channel, Digital. Longtime supporter. How does one invest in SpaceX, Canada. Bob? Tell him. Yeah, what, I'll, what I will do we'll is I'll send, I will send Farzad the name of the company I saw, and he can put it out there. I forgot the name of the entity, but there's uh, some financial entity that sells the units. Got it. Okay. Uh, you can follow me at Farziness. I'll retweet it once that uh, that gets shared. A digital blade, Canada or California? Thank you so much. Appreciate your uh, your question. Let's do the next one. Da -da -da -da. Um, I was there's one other option too on that. You can so the test the Baron Funds BPTRX they hold a small portion of SpaceX in their publicly traded mutual fund. So for people who are not accredited investors, that's a another option. It's a small uh, percentage of the fund, but it does give you some exposure. And I would say that I've been very impressed. You know, Ron Barron is a great fund manager. Um, it's a mutual fund, so it's not an ETF. Fees are a little bit higher. But I I like my money there better than most of the other Tesla-adjacent funds. Great call. Yeah, Barron, Barron is a, he's a GOAT. Um, Ice, thank you so much for your question. How do you get into the private discussion? Thank you so much for asking and giving me an option for uh, a plug. You click on join right below this video, or you go into the description and click on join. You'll get access to our private Discord. You'll link it automatically through YouTube, which I figured out how to do that in a few, few days ago. So I'm very proud of myself for that. And then uh, our private discussions will air right here on YouTube. You'll just do member only, and only members will be able to see it. So thank you very much for the question. That's how you do it. Uh, go ahead, Bob. I guess you want to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, if you send me some Bitcoin, I will substitute myself out. <laughs> I just heard producer wife laughing from downstairs. <laughs> that was funny. That's when you know it's a good joke. One out of 10. Not bad, Bob. Good job. I'm kidding. Let's do the next one. <laughs> uh, next question. What is your prediction for the boring company's contribution to Master Plan Part 3? Just moving electric vehicles or something more direct? We actually uh, uh, briefly spoke about this earlier in the stream. Sort of where we're landing at is, uh, I think it's mining, but Hans is more about transport, moving people around um, and some other stuff as well. Is that, do, you, do we want to give any additional feedback there? That was basically it, right? I was going to say, if Master Plan 3 also includes Mars, then a boring company probably has a uh, role on Mars also, I presume. Mm. Any additional thoughts, Rodman, Hans? 
Did, I didn't watch Jordan's video, but does does he talk about this? Uh, he briefly That's touches on, on Boring Company. I, I Yeah, okay. it was more around like the movement of people from place to place. Uh, it was more tied to that. Um, and I would recommend everybody go go watch that video for sure. The limiting factor. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, thank you for your question. Let's do the next one. Da -da -da -da. Brad, question. Will Tesla deploy their motor in a home on a home wind turbine? <laughs> Hans, Hans, tell us about the, the turbines. You love wind turbines. Go ahead. I keep having this discussion. Um, no. Why not? Let me send you a link here. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, Elon has specifically said, if I can find the link quickly, I will, that overwhelmingly the future of sustainable energy on Earth is solar plus stationary battery storage. Wind is a great renewable resource. It's a great industrial renewable resource. The, uh, the physics are, okay, so you can extract more electricity from wind the faster it goes, but it's not a linear relationship. It's not like the wind goes two times faster and you get twice as much energy. It's a cube function. So you get eight times as much energy every time the wind speed goes up by two. Um, and so... <clears throat> sorry y'all we have a very funny Which, yeah <laughs> anyways so any what and then the the closer you get to the ground the slower the wind moves because it's got all sorts of stuff that it has to go around so the higher you get off the ground the faster the wind speed and the more electricity that you can get and so the vast majority of all electricity that is produced by a wind turbine is with a really, really tall wind turbine that's got huge blades, like those giant farms that you see in California, in Texas. Um, like that's where all the wind is produced. It doesn't matter how efficient you make, because uh, the, the idea here is this is a small wind turbine, okay, that maybe you could put on the top of your house. You could have a turbine that was 100% efficient at extracting every single bit of electricity from the air that is flowing over your roof as possible. And it still will not be a meaningful contribution beyond solar. And then the other thing is it's just way more complicated. You, there's just so much more infrastructure that's involved. And so wind is a very important part of a sustainable energy grid. When you have giant wind farms with giant wind turbines, uh, little tiny wind turbines are not part of that thing and a Tesla motor. So unless Tesla wants to make motors for giant wind turbines, uh, the question is, or the answer is no. Will they do that? I don't think so. They're just going to focus on battery storage and solar um, just because that's what Elon says are the core components that we need to transition to a sustainable energy economy. So I can't Hans wait for wrong. Tesla to unveil a wind turbine on March 1st. <laughs> <laughs> you can all come back here and watch Hans eat yes. a shoe. Please. <laughs> yeah, we need a bet. What if what if they do actually unveil a wind turbine? What will you do, Hans? We got to come on. It's got to be something. You got to chug a beer on stream or something. It's got to be something. something. He's going to read maybe a I chapter. Should, maybe from... I should blend up a shoe like Peter Beck from... Uh rocket lab he had to he said he would eat his hat if they did reusable rockets and so then they decided okay. to do reusable rockets and so he had to blend up his hat and then he took like a 
handful of the blended okay. up nylon and ate it. So, so you're well, gonna you're sure. gonna blend up a shoe? I'll blend up a shoe and I'll eat a little piece of the blended up <laughs> okay. shoe. There you go. I'll read a chapter of what where what's our problem. <laughs> I would suggest it. I did. I had this happen once. I I, I participated in this a Jello toss. Maybe Hans could be the receiver, and it's you throw <laughs> Jello at the person. And what's fun is that Jello dye stays with you for like a month. So Hans would be green for a month. <laughs> By the way, thank you for derailing the conversation in the private chat, by the way. Thank you for that comment. <laughs> really. Yeah, that's what we're dying laughing. Master troll over here. Thank you. All right, Brad, I hope that answered your question. I know Hans was going hard there. So now we know how to trigger Hans. We just have to say wind turbine, and then he'll go on a 10-minute rant. Thank you, Brad, for your question. Really appreciate you, brother. Let's do the next one. <laughs> uh, Billy, question. Do you think they will continue to reduce the price of Model 3 and Y down to 5-10% margins like the rest of the industry? This is actually a fascinating question. Um, how do you guys think about this one? It's, there's a lot in this question, actually, to think through. It's all supply and demand. Okay. As simple as that. Okay. Yep. If there's enough supply and the demand is low enough, they'll reduce the price. If I... there's too much demand and not enough supply, they'll increase the price. I think 20 is still a magic number and it's magic for the stock too. And if the margins get too small, it'll affect the stock price. It just won't be as profitable and it'll be, it won't be treated like a, a growth company uh, at that point in time. It'll be treated more, you know, like a, I was going to say IBM or Intel. That's kind of a joke, but, but I, so I think the margins have to stay higher. Hans? Yeah. I mean, I really don't think they set, they don't set a design. They don't set, oh, we want this percent margin. They set the price based on how many cars they have available and they need to get them off the lots. So if they have too many cars, they they lower the price. If there's not enough cars, they, re they increase the price. It's that simple. Well, and to expand on that, so I think that in order for them to reduce margins down to that level, you're basically assuming that you have really compelling competition head to head with EV like EVs that are just as good as Tesla that those companies can sell profitably or subsidized by the government which you know if it's anywhere other than China that means their cost of goods sold has to be competitive with Tesla which I'm sorry I just don't see that happening any with anybody in the near term future um you know potentially BYD can do that by taking a lot of government funding um but we'll see what goes there but then the other thing well, I'll say is that there is opportunity to do that, um, even though I think it's unlikely, and still maintain company-wide operating margins that Zach wants to maintain by ramping up the energy storage deployments. So, Yeah, I think th this one's a fascinating question because it depends on in the market and what the supply and demand structure looks like, to Ronman's point. The way I think about it, the one the one thing I'm really starting to get my head wrapped around, at least in the United States, it does seem like, and I don't know if this applies to every market, I haven't done the diligence, but since 2018, the car market in the United States has shrunk, uh, the, the new car sales. It's gone from almost 18 million to 17 million to 15 million to 14 million to 13 million. It's like basically around those numbers. It's been consistently lower. At the same time, you've had more people come to the United States. There's more people becoming uh, driving age. There's more people that uh, want a car. And then as this car market has shrunk, uh, 
automakers have been shipping more and more SUVs. They've been shipping more and more trucks. Uh, not just because of this is what the market demands, but that's how they actually make money. It's easier to make money on an SUV and a, and a truck versus a mass market, comp, a smaller car. So what's happened is that there, there's this void, giant void in the United States for affordable transportation that's private that you can take, right? And that's why things like Uber and Lyft are so popular now because it's so it's too damn expensive to freaking buy a car nowadays, like one that actually is compelling and good. And one thing that the IRA has done in the United States, at least, is that it's significantly lowered the cost of operating an electric vehicle uh, from where it was before that. So like the Model 3, as an example, starts at 42 after the $7,500 tax rebate or through the lease break that they have on the Model 3, which is 350 bucks a month. You essentially have a car that's as cheap or cheaper to operate than a freaking Toyota Camry over eight years. And this Toyota Camry is fifteen dollars to $17,000 cheaper. Um, and as the car market, it, and my theory is, is in the next few years, the car market, I, I think it continues to shrink. Those new car sales is not going to rebound back to 17 because now that you have the EV tax credit in place, you have this mechanism that is de-incentivizing people from buying an expensive gas car. The average new price of a car today is $50,000. The average car payment today is $770. So there's this insane void of a compelling, affordable car. And with the Model 3, I think Tesla's there. With the Model Y, from a value perspective, they're there, but it's not affordable enough. But once that compact car comes, oh boy. Oh boy. And the demand there is going to be completely insane, I believe. I believe. So think about that. A shrinking car market, you have one automaker that actually has the uh, scale to sell a compelling, affordable electric vehicles, and then put that within the context of supply and demand and what that, that, that does to the equation. And if you believe that the demand is going to be insane, then you're going to have margins that are going to be above, significantly above what most people expect. I don't know what the number is, but that's, yeah. I was. I think that the part that's omitted is I think Tesla's specialty and their brilliance is going to be the cost reduction. So even though the cost of the cars go down, I think the cost to Tesla is going to go yeah. down more, and that's where they will retain the margins. We think just because the car the car is going to be you know twenty thousand as opposed to thirty, they're not going to make the same amount. But they end up they might end up making a bigger percentage in the long run, depending on how how they their manufacturing processes improve over time. Great point. Great point. And then just to take this back to the question, like how is demand right now? <clears throat> and we can look at that information uh, through mattjung.net, uh, his Tesla inventory tracking Go and pull up shows that. that uh, did, yeah, he pay, just, did he pay you to say that? Yeah, he totally <laughs> did. Uh, no, I have no, I have never met Matt. But um, yeah, we can just see that um, if you scroll down to the next section, that has the, I think it broken out by the four models. Um, and you can see basically the big spike in blue is the Model Y. And that's around when Tesla implemented the price changes. And you can see the effect that it had. And the red is the Model 3. Yep. So you can see that the Model 3 has dipped a little bit, but the they took care of the Model Y problems. 
Um, yeah. So I just don't see, and like in a non-empirical way, just keeping my eyes out around here, I've never seen so many new cars being sold. Like, especially the Y. New um, Teslas, you mean? Yeah, new cars. Yeah, new Teslas being sold. Um, Same. Like the, a lot of Ys, a lot of Model Ss, a few Xs here and there, and definitely some threes. But like, there's a lot of like new new car tags I've seen maybe. Uh, like at least twice as many as I normally see. That's but, a great. I mean, point. that's not a very scientific way, but I'm curious. Can before just, we go, yeah. before we go to you, Bob, can you, in the question in the comments section, can you let us know if you're seeing what Robin's seeing? Because I'm seeing the same exact thing. Like producer wife and I are constantly when we drive, we're like, where the hell are all these Teslas coming from? <laughs> it's like we're getting overrun with Teslas out here in, in Austin. Let us know if you're seeing the same thing where where you guys are at. Bob, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it's because it, Rodman and I live not that far from each other, maybe 30 miles or so. And I think I'm, I see them now as plentiful as I used to see the Camrys. That's kind of how I'm starting to see them. They're everywhere. And because they're, you know, they're, they're kind of white and black, you can kind of identify, you know, a lot of them are white and black. You can kind of identify them. They're really identify, especially, you know, once you see a few. But I think there is definitely an increase. And I think the numbers in California support that. I mean, the actual numbers. Yeah. Great point. All right. Uh, let's do, uh, let's do a few more. Let's do, get all, get all the way up to one thirty or uh, an hour 30 and then we'll go to our private stream. Next question. Um, and V Vi, thank you. Always on the channel. Really appreciate you. When, how does cost of energy approach zero, including government incentives like Elon and Chamath have suggested, uh, Chamath, in case you guys are not familiar, Chamath uh, Palahapitiya. I think I pronounced his last name correctly. I hope. Sorry, Chamath, if you watch this. I know you're a big fan of my channel, I'm sure. Uh, All in podcast. Uh, make sure you go check it out. It's on YouTube. Phenomenal podcast. Um, any thoughts about this? When and how? We're all experts. We, we, we should know this question. I think there's a, a distinction to make Chamath didn't say, and I'm not sure what Elon has said on this. Um, Chamath didn't say that the cost of energy will go to zero. He said the marginal cost of energy will go to zero. And there is a big difference. So basically what he's saying is there's a minimum amount of investment that we have to put in to maintain our power infrastructure. And that and this is one of Tony Seba's points. Basically, if you build out the minimum fully renewable electric grid that you need with solar wind and batteries, um, that it only takes like 20 or 30% extra investment above that to get two or three times the total amount of power out. And so that's, I think, from my understanding, what Chamath is talking about is that going ahead and making those larger investments that allow us to have way more overall power for the same amount that we basically have to spend on our current power grid. I think it also might relate to individuals being able to kind of do their own power. You know, they can generate their own power supply. They can also sell it back basically into the system. And in effect, it becomes, you know, somewhat, it certainly, it lowers the cost of power, if nothing else. Yeah. Robin, any thoughts? Well, there, there's also the talk about um, nuclear, is it fusion, right? Fission? F fusion, fission is what we have. Fusion is where we put the new one. Thing. Yeah. yeah. 
but I, 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 everything I've seen from Fusion is it's still very, like it's at a lab bench type thing. So I, I don't have any clue if that's what we're getting at here. Um, but it seems like that's far away, a little bit further than I was thinking maybe a month ago. Yeah. But that back, back to the future, you know, where you have a flux capacitor and you throw the trash in. Yeah. That's you know, that's what we're shooting for, right? I think as long as as long as we get it to a point where the sort of to Hans' point, if we get it so that the we have a step change in how many people can access uh things that would create services or products that are helpful. Uh, for humanity where energy is used if that if that can increase in some way that is truly what what what's going to benefit it's less about like the end result of what that cost is going to be it's like how many more people why what rate can we introduce more and more people into the global economy to bring more and more uh benefits right so yeah we just got a hi <laughs> connected that's interesting all right let's do one more question and then we'll move, move over to a, to our private chat Let's do one more. Ba -ba -da -da. And Boss Man 8 gets the last question. How much do you guys think an unopened Tesla tequila would go for? <laughs> what a fantastic way to end the stream. Should we go on eBay and check it out? <laughs> I, have a, I have an opinion. My opinion is it would cost $69.69. I highly doubt that, bro. It's $250. Come on now. <laughs> it's, isn't it a limited supply? <laughs> yeah, it's gone. I don't think they made it anymore. I'm actually looking it up on uh, on YouTube to see how much it's going to cost. So a uh, two seventy or best offer uh, is what it's running for right now. That's my <laughs> Bob's got the best deal, so if you want to buy it from Bob, <laughs> he'll give it to you on the cheap. All right, everybody, we're moving over to our uh, to our private stream. If you're a community member, if uh, you've joined right below this video, it will come up automatically on your YouTube feed. So look out for that. If you haven't, do consider becoming a, a, a part of this community by clicking on join right below this video. It starts at three bucks a month. Basically, you get the same benefits across the, every single tier. It's just up to you how much you decide to support by, uh, how much you want to support the channel with. Uh, and then uh, we're going to move over to a different stream. We'll go live and we'll continue our discussion. And we're going to kick it off with that uh, Rodman Hans discussion around California politics. I'm very fascinated to see where this goes. So I'm very, very interested. Just so you know, in my community, the thing that I'm super proud about is that we're, uh, you know, we're cultivating this sort of community where any, any and all ideas are, are welcome. And we try our absolute best to be as civil as humanly possible in discussing those ideas. There is no judgment. We're just here to trying to throw ideas around on really how to make the future better. And ultimately, that's my goal is how to how to harvest a community where we're able to do that. And then uh, half of the earnings from these community forums go into my community bucket, where the community is going to decide what to do with those funds. Uh, whatever they decide is what we'll do. Uh, and every single week, the number goes up. I actually got to run the numbers from last week and I got to add it. So I'll do that right after we get off here. So. Thank you all so much for supporting the channel. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Rodman. Thank you, chat. You're always civil and amazing in there. Thank you, mods, for always keeping it super awesome and all the help. And last but not least, of course, as always, producer wife. Thank you so much. Great job, as always. Love you, baby. All right. We'll see you on the private stream. Again, if you want to join us there, click join right below this video. Take it easy, everybody. See you in a bit. Thank Bye -bye. you, everyone.